Hey family, happy four year anniversary and to our 200th episode. On this episode, I had the pleasure of sitting down with one of the original Tastemasters, Mr. Wyatt Snyder. On this episode, Wyatt comes into town and just so happens we record this 200th episode. We catch up, we talk about things, see how each other's doing, and we catch up on what we're doing in life. Wyatt and I started this four years ago. We really tried to educate the public and learn at the same time. If it wasn't for Wyatt, Tastemasters wouldn't be a thing. So on that note, my friends, hope you enjoy this and for better things to come. Until the next beverage. Listening to the Tastemasters, where we sit down and learn from artists within the world of craft beer, liquor, and various fermentation techniques. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 200, and I have a special guest, the one I started episode one with, Mr. Wyatt Snyder. Wyatt, welcome back, homie! It's a, it's a real honor. Episode 200? 200, homie. Whoa, that's high, man. So that's been, like, we'll be launching this at oh, basically our four-year anniversary. Four yeah. years, man. That's wild. Can you believe that? We did that's that. Wild. We did this four years ago. Yeah. We we started, and by we, I mean you, and you've been carrying that weight the whole time. No, man. we started it. We you got, you got mad it. traps from carrying all that weight the whole time. <laughs> anime traps. Anime traps. Oh, G- yeah. Goku. I'm all Goku. I'm a Goku sure, guy. Goku, dude. Or Broly. Goku. Broly. Broly for life. Yeah. But no, four years ago, man, 200 episodes. Wow. And I was wondering, it's so funny because I had this really cool idea for a 200th episode, and mm-hmm. it was going to be like a... a, a year four year in review kind of thing yeah and then you hit me up and i scratched everything and i'm like no this is the one like the universe is like here you go and when you texted me like i was i don't know i dude i I might cry like 15 times in this this episode because seeing you here in my house like damn dude there's memories that we've done for dude like yeah you're my brother man and like hall and i were saying earlier it's it's yeah, we miss you. You guys, you and Lex, like, it, man, it was, it was a good time. We were different. Yeah, uh, man. Holly and I have grown up. You've grown up. Yeah. We, we're different people. Four, I can't believe it's been four, four years, years. Man. Wow. Yeah. It's been four years. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember what your last episode was here? I'm curious. Uh, no. Because to me, it's like a muddled, like, yeah, well, there's so, I feel like there were so many of them, man. It was like. Like in Corey's studio. Yeah, it was in Corey's studio. I don't remember what it was though. Damn. Yeah, I re-released uh, the Bristol episode last yeah, week. I saw that a couple weeks that. ago. You know, I my dad sent that to me. He was like, oh, "Yeah, he's like, dude, check that." I was like, "Oh man!" Yeah. And that's what reminded me. I was like, "I'm actually up." Yeah, yeah. And then I've been well, doing uh, revisits the last in '96, '97, '98, '99. Our revisits. Yeah. And I did the one with Marcio. Remember we had he came yeah. with like all the shades beers. Yep. And we were just sitting there, just like, "What the fuck?" You know. Yeah. Remember when uh, Scott Parker. The first brewmaster we ever brought out was like episode 10 or something. And he yeah. came and he had all salt, salt flats beers and that yeah. one can that was unmarked. Yeah. He's like, I did a Flanders red. Yeah. Remember that one? Yeah. Dude, there's some good times. Good times, man. dude. Wow. Times. I remember uh, the charcuterie one. The first time we had that charcuterie oh, board with God. the ciders. Yeah. Dude, that one was awesome. With uh, Matthew and Elizabeth. Yeah. Since then, almost every time uh, my wife and I go out, we, first of all, order a charcuterie board, but we like... Especially for date nights and stuff, we almost always just get charcuterie boards. Yeah. We'll get like a charcuterie board and then we'll just get another one. 
And they're like, are you guys going to get anything else? Like, Probably not. Probably not. Probably. There's, just, a, there's so much variety and options. It's, yeah. When Mikey, Aaron, Holly, and I went to Arizona last year just to get away for a couple weekend or a weekend. Yeah. There's a place that was just charcuteries and wine. I love that. And they had different charcuteries, hummus board. Wow. Yeah, it was best, dude. Hummus boards, too, are killer. But yeah, uh, Elizabeth now owns part owner of Scion Cider Bar. They have the biggest cider collection in Utah in Whoa. Salt Lake. And Matthew is still kicking ass at Ibantech. And he's actually the one that brought that Triablo, um, yeah, or El Triablo beer or cider for us. Oh, yeah. Because that was the spicy one. Remember yeah. That? Somebody liked that one. And that one was awesome. That was a good one, dude. But yeah, I have a plethora of beers in front of you that. Holy shit, man. I mean, there's yeah. so many, too many. Um, but let's crack one open. Yeah, dude. For old time's I, want, sake. I saw a Pilsner that I wanted to start. I think it would be a good... Where did I put it? I'll be on your water bottle, too, right-hand side. Perfect. What's the What's the correct glass? Uh, the far right ones, there's Pilsner glasses. That's the one. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic collection of barware you have. I feel like it's only grown since last time you saw me and since I started this this journey, I guess, this... Uh, man, I, you know, just think, thinking about it, talking about it. Oh, it's dirty glass. That's embarrassing. <laughs> but for four years, man. Crystal clean. Crystal clear. Yeah, this is a Keto's Pilsner. This Keto's. is the, the recent most, this is the one that's out in the market right now. The most. Your Keto's Pilsner. Oh. Yeah, let's see. I'm going to double check the can. The date, I can tell you if it is. Yeah, this is my, this is the first beer that i released from ketos after taking over as the head brewer congratulations by the way thanks man that's i think that's a great uh that's a great start what have you been doing for the last <laughs> four years yeah well three years i think it's been three years since i left yeah give or take i think so uh since then so obviously um after covid when I mean, you and i were recording during covid but then i you were there when i became a brewer over at strap tank um the team we had at Strap Tank at the time with Julia, Derek, and myself were hungry, unstoppable, and we were creating some damn good beers. Like we've made, we were putting beers as like these green brewers in a way. Yeah. We were putting beers in the medal rounds at GABF and World Beer Cup, and we were pulling Strap Tank's first ever medals at Idaho Beer Fest. I mean, uh, the North American Beer yeah. Fest. And um, that's in Boise, right? It's in Idaho Falls, the other, other side. But, I mean, Julia, it was so cool because Julia Schuler, she makes the best kettle sours. And I'm biased. She makes the best kettle sours. And she makes the best um, English-style beers. Derek makes cool. the best, um, like, traditional beers. Like, he is to the key, like, a traditional, he won't fuck around. But then yeah. he, he secretly will, like, take a little, he'll, he'll ter- tweak it a little bit, right? And, yeah. And he was awesome at that. And then I come in, and I'm the wild card. I'll be. I'll take a beer. I'll be like, "Fuck it, let's put this in there." Or like, yeah. "Let's go crazy here. Let, let's do a style that no one's making." Like, I like yeah. to do the the historical styles. I was making those historical styles, and now historical styles are like blowing up. Now that I'm, I'm not saying I'm a trend center, but like, I'm like, I want to do You're things that that no one is doing. Right? Yeah. I want to do those beers. And then fast forward, um, we're making some some headway. And then uh, this year. I had an opportunity to enhance my brewing career and I took right. the job as head brewer at Keto's Brewing. Yeah. And sounds you know, like a fantastic opportunity. Dude, I couldn't pass it up. And I keep telling people it'd be one of those things where I'd be pinching myself or kicking myself in my deathbed, being like, shit, what could have been? Yeah. Like I would have yeah. hated that, dude. And so if I fail, I hope I fail hard, but um, at least 
I know I gave it the valiant effort and I know no matter what, so far, I know for a fact I've made Ketos better within. Yeah. And if I leave now, I, I could hang my hat going like, hey, you know what? I gave it a damn good shot. Yeah. Better and within from like a culture perspective or what do you mean? The team aspect, uh, cleaning cool. up beers, uh, different SOPs, just like yeah. different procedures. So yeah. this is why I like this beer a lot is because my, Rob from Roja, uh, he, he he's like, David, so I'm curious. A motherfucker like you, uh, what's the first beer you're going to make out of Ketos? And I'm like, a Pilsner? And he just, he just does a huge, like, oh, of course you would. You right. take one of the hardest styles and you'd make it and be like, hey, everyone, try it and tell me what I can do better. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, wouldn't you? Dude, that's a fantastic mindset. Cause I mean, we've talked, we talked about this. We talked about this before, like three years ago, four years ago, right? But we talked about how Pilsner is like, it, it's almost like a blank slate. It's so easy to find the imperfections in a Pilsner. And so taking on a Pilsner right off the bat, that takes some balls. I mean, you could have gone for like some, Double IPA and or ale. <laughs> yeah, some like super simple, heavy brown ale or something that you know is really easy to make good. Instead, you went for you know a lagered beer that's yeah. going to be supposed to be really clean and really easy to find imperfections. And I can't take all the credit for this beer is because yeah, sure, I made the recipe, I developed it, I honed in the machine because I don't know. We're talking about Ketos. Uh, Ketos has one of seventeen machines in the world. Mm-hmm. So uh, it has take take your loudering. Your mash ton, and with gravity, it creates a, a mash bed filter. So then the sugar water has to trickle the wort, and then you have a false bottom where you collect it, and you can either boil off it on top to clarify it, yeah. or you can send it, revert it to like a boil or a kettle, right? So Ketos, the, uh, the system, it's called HEBS, HEBS, High Efficiency Brewing System, and it goes, fuck that. And it, what it does is it makes your grist, and it pushes it through um, my, a polymicron sheets, and I have, instead of a 32-inch Vorloff, I have three inches of, or, uh, yeah, instead of a laddering for uh, 32 inches, it's three inches in a gap from, yeah. between 32 plates. Some would say that that's small, but you're making it work. Uh, yeah. Uh, I use 20% less water and less malt together. And yeah. I'm, it, at Strap Tank, I was extracting between 81, 83% on a good day. 80, 80. One to eighty-three percent of the sugars out of the grain. In the grain, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it typically, and a national average, it's anywhere from it's really this is bad stats too, but it's yeah. 50, you never want to look at the national average. No, it's like 50, it's fifty-four all the way to eighty-two. So wow. like that's a huge like. I know there's some breweries here that barely get sixty, wow. and so you're telling me like you're getting only half the sugars out. Anyway, that's yeah old equipment whatnot. I'm getting ninety-three to ninety-four percent right now. Wow. And so that's what saves the water and the grain. Yeah. How does that affect the flavor of the beer well, you, in the end run? Um, people have this myth where a lot of beers become astringent because if you, it's called a squeeze. So what happens mm. is a bladder and a hard plate. And so every other one is a hard plate and a bladder. You have to come check it out sometimes. Yeah. And I fill the bladder with water and that's called a squeeze. And that's where I'm, fr- I'm literally French pressing the grain to extract it. Right. And then I collect that wort and yeah. put it in the kettle. Or it, almost like an espresso <clears throat> kind of thing. In a way. Yeah. Cool. And, the thing is, I've noticed is I can't, if it's very husky beer, like barely killing the beer, I've noticed I extract more, not astringency, but more of those tannins. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is, especially for a clean beer, a clearer beer, I feel like, or a heavy bodied beer, I feel like I'm extracting, I'm, I'm keeping those longer chain proteins. I'm actually filtering them out through those filter screens. Gotcha. So then I have to make up for the body some, somehow else yeah. without adding sugar or anything like that. Right. Maltodextrin, whatever. As long as my acid and my pH is good, I, I've been doing really well. Anyway, so this one, I came into Ketos and I saw for the first two weeks, it was just like, 
fucking fire after fire. Like it was, it was, I went, I went crazy. I didn't know how to, I had to learn a machine that right now today, there are three people in this entire state that can brew on that machine. Well, and that's just tough. You being one of those three. One of the three. Yeah. Me, my coworker, Nate, Nate Spire, and then Clay Turnbow, who used to work at uh, Keto's before he left. And he's now the head brewer at Shades. Oh, cool. And then, <clears throat> so there's three of us, right? Uh, so I was calling him, like, I was, call, I was calling anyone in the world that had this machine. I'm like, how the hell are you doing this? Because my numbers were weird. My yeah. recipe development was all over the place. I had to learn how to use the machine. Right. I mean, that changes everything. Like, <clears throat> if you're getting 90% or 98% sugars versus 81% or, like, Absolutely. What, you said 53 is the low end? I think I got 53, or so I seen the- uh, That is such a crazy- 54, 56, yeah. Such a crazy range. Yeah, it's, it's bonkers. Uh Learned how to use the machine. And mm. once I dialed in the machine, then that's when I'm like, okay, now I can start taking away from the recipes. Now I can start fine-tuning the recipes. Once I started doing that, I looked at the next step of the beer's life. And that was uh, cellaring, the cold side. Yeah. How are we watching fermentation? How are we taking care? How are we monitoring it? How are we cellaring? Are we uh, doing VDK rest? Like, what are we doing, right? And I learned that there's a lot of it that was just kind of like, no one ever took the time to teach these guys what's going on. How do you do this? So- I tell them, this is what we're going to do. Implement techniques. So so they're, they were just like doing it because this is how you do it mm-hmm. without knowing the why of this is yeah. why we do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. No one, and, and I'm not trying to, you know, the, the brewers that were there before me, the teams that were there before me, you know, that was that chapter. This yeah. is the, this chapter now. Yeah. And so I sat down like, hey, whether you got taught or not, or it doesn't matter whose fault it was or what it was not, yeah. here's what we're going to do. And we're going to implement these techniques. Why? And I'm going to teach you why. Because I'm, yeah. a, I'm a learner. I like to know why am I doing what right. I'm doing. Why is important. Why yeah. is, it's often overlooked. But like people look at the what and the how often. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's like like you can, whatever, make bread or you yeah. can bake a cake yeah. knowing just the what and the how. But knowing like why, why the it? yeast is going to yeah. cause the cake to rise could be important if maybe your kitchen is a different temperature. And then, then I looked at the... Uh, transferring from fermentation, the cold side into packaging. And that's mm-hmm. something I'm not familiar with. Never packaged. And when we did bottle beer at Strap Tank. Right. Four at a time. Yeah, it's like few and far between. Yeah. And this one, we're canning like three to four times a week. Right. And this is a different technique. Like primarily canning. And I think canning is, packaging is just as important, if not the most important one in the whole life of the beer. Because if you fuck up on that part of the beer's life, yeah. then you're now sending out shitty beer. Period. Yeah. It doesn't matter if the beer would taste... A, the best world best world class beer in the tank, but in the can it tastes like dog shit. Right. Doesn't matter. Hey, you gotta think like a lot of these beers are gonna spend the majority of their life in the can. Yeah. Like even from the time they come out of your your lotter ton, you know, that's you've got your wart and it's gonna go boil and, and ferment and stuff like that. Like let's say you've got a lager, it's like six weeks. Who knows how long it's gonna you know, six weeks to lager, whatever. Who knows how long it's gonna sit on a shelf. Yeah. At the store, and mm-hmm. then someone's going to buy it, and who knows how long it's going to sit in their fridge. Hopefully not very long. Hopefully. But, yeah, but you never know, yeah. right? Anyway, so that, that's why this, this beer is really cool, because this one had all our hands in it, and it's a team effort. Yeah. And it's like, hell yeah. That was the first beer I released where I look back, I'm like, okay. Took a couple months, but you know what? I can actually crack it open and be like, fuck yeah, yeah. we're here. Now let's get going. Yeah. And so I got other beers for you that I'm trying to hone in and, you know, there's flagships that I'm trying to make better and make, do well and put and, your mark on the brand. Yeah. Cause I, 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 right. I told you long ago that I've always wanted to see my, my stuff in a can. Mm-hmm. Like I've always, I secretly want to be on a can one day. 
I want Tastemaster to be in a can one day. That'd be cool. uh, but to be able to, like right now, if I see a key, if I see the, if you see a date after the end of October, somewhere around November, you can, I can guarantee that I've touched that beer. Wow. Yeah. That's really recent. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, anyway, but enough about me, my man. What's you, what have you been up to? Dude, not a, uh, definitely not that. I've uh, been, been traveling for work quite a bit. Uh, I, I get to be back in Utah for like one week ish a year and that's been it's been that way for the last like three years so since we since we parted ways i took a job that enables me to travel quite a bit uh and i moved my family quite a bit we've lived in let's see one two four states three uh oh shit yeah oh i forgot we lived in chicago for a little while uh so yeah four four states not including utah in the past uh three Three years, years two and a half three years yeah yeah, we've currently been in Washington for a year. It's the longest we've been in any place uh, in in quite a while. Uh, and uh, yeah, man, traveling a lot. Not drinking as much beer as I used to. Uh, Good for you. But uh, I still enjoy beer. I still indulge, imbibe every now and again. Uh, I'll tell you right now, and I might catch a little bit of shit for this. Luckily, I'm not all over social media. So, you know, it's probably you that'll catch the shit. And I apologize in advance. I have not been impressed by the beer in... California and I was in San Diego. That's like the hot spot. I was not very impressed with the beer in San Diego. I, th- I was going there like, oh man, San Diego's the spot. Right. Utah's like, oh man, we got our thing. But like San Diego's supposed to be the cat's pajamas, the kitty titties. But nope. It was uh I wasn't super impressed. Uh interesting. And then we went to Florida and I was like, Florida's way too hot to make good beer. There's no way this did is gonna be a thing. Did you find a good lager in Florida? Yeah, I totally did. Did you really? I think uh and then we've been in Washington. And Washington is like, that was like one of the OG beer states. They're all IPAs though. A lot of Northwest, you know, style IPAs, Pacific Northwest. I can see why they make a lot of IPAs now. I also haven't been super impressed with the beer in Washington. Yeah. There's a couple of good ones. I mean, there there were some good ones in San Diego, but the market is so saturated with like every, every, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry who think they can brew beer. Yeah. And they can brew beer, but like they can't brew, they can't all brew phenomenal beer. Um, and I think a lot of the beer in Utah, like I, I definitely took it for granted hmm. while I was here, how good the beer is here. Yeah. It's, it, it definitely fits my style and, you know, my development as a beer drinker mm-hmm. growing up in Utah. I mean, we grew up, it was like the 3.2% rule. Yeah. So all the beer growing up was like lighter beer, you know? And then uh, now we're still capped at 5% on tap. ABV. Uh, and I don't hate that rule. I really don't. Uh, I tend to favor like a little bit lighter bodied beer, not necessarily lighter colored. I love, you know, browns and ambers and stouts, but I, I definitely prefer a lighter bodied beer. Um, and as soon as you get out of the state, it's like every beer, it's like a race to see who can make the heaviest, you know, most full bodied beer. And that's not, that's not really my style. So, you know, Mm. stylistically that's, Utah's had a huge influence on on my growth, but yeah, just even still, like even trying to take that into account, um, I just have not been super impressed out of huh. state, man. I, I'd lean towards like Pilsners and lighter beers just because I want that lighter body and you can't find that outside of drinking light lagers, which is, is unfortunate. I love that lighter body, just like refreshing beer. Yeah. You know? What's your so. go-to like domestically now? Um, dude, I'll always love Coors Banquet. Uh, 
Coors Banquet is one of my faves. PBR is probably like one of my go-tos. Uh, Rainier beer. Rainier, dude. Uh, yeah. It's a good one. It's, it's fantastic. And it's all over Washington. Um, I Every time I go to a liquor store or a grocery store or wherever you buy beer, wherever we buy beer, I'm always on the lookout for Uinta's Cutthroat. You'd be amazed at the things that you miss <laughs> yeah. when you are out of the state. And Uinta's Cutthroat is like, man, that's that's the beer that I miss the most. Yeah. For, that that beer to me is like, that's what that's what Utah beer tastes like. That's that's what a good whatever. What was it like a? They a call it a pale ale, but pale it's like ale. A, technically it's an ESB, but it's it's always changing. Yeah, pale, pale ale. ale. Yeah, it's, it's what it should be. Yeah. You know, some people say Sierra Nevada is like the pinnacle. I disagree. I think Cutthroat is the pinnacle. And uh, it maybe, you know, I'm influenced because Cutthroat trout are one of my favorite fish to catch and eat. Uh, but I don't know why it's not in Washington. It should be. There's so many awesome I mean, Cutthroat fishing spots. It means you have to stock up while you're here. Yeah. But, dude, for real. Like we <laughs> we drove through the night, got here like last this last Friday. Or whenever this comes out, it'll be like seven Fridays ago. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we drove through the night and like the first place we stopped, I was like, cool, there's cutthroats. We're picking those up. Nice. Cutthroat. Crush those. Good for you. They're good. Love that. Now I'm going to be getting ketos everywhere. Well, make sure it's the, the canning date. Just make sure. Yeah, I'll watch the canning <laughs> date for sure. No, the thing about that is uh, Utah beer is, I I love it. I really do, but I also, you mean that Tom, Dick, and Harry kind of comment where it's like, I just, I love seeing new breweries open, but yeah. everyone thinks they make a better beer, so they want to go out of their way yeah. to open a brewery under their name. I'm yeah. like, can we just like have a team effort? Like, I don't know. For me, it's like, I'm done with the new breweries. I want this yeah. collaborative effort. I want more fine dining. I don't know. Everyone thinks they can make a better beer than me. Yeah. Or you, right? And, and, so, well, and anyone else. They probably can. Yeah. But I mean, they there's can. some home brewers that make damn good beer i think i think the issue with a lot of that is they think they can make a better beer but like how long have they my question is how long have they been doing it because in the past in in the past few years some of the some like the experiences i've had i've just come to realize that like the key to doing anything successfully is to just do it a lot for a really long time Mm. like that's that seems to be the key to everything like to life is if you want to be good at something you just got to like the 10,000 hour rule. Yeah. But like, that's a lot of hours and it's got to be like focused, productive. You can't just like casually do something. You've got to, every hour needs to be like focused and man, like everyone thinks they're going to be good at something right off the bat. Like they're always thinking they're going to be the natural, like I'm a natural beer brewer. That's the, it's the naturally understand the selfish passionate ones. The ones I rather go drink at. It's like, there's some vibes that you can uh, go to in Salt Lake where it's like, hey, they make they might make okay beer, but like the vibe or who made it, like I don't know. It's everyone yeah. can make everyone can make a pilsner, and you know if I really had to, I guess there are people that are called beer judges where they can go and judge the beer, but at the same yeah. time, it's like, what am I going to go out of my way to go enjoy? Yeah, is it the vibe? Is it the person I know who made it? Is it the attitude that was made with? Was it the unique? Take on a beer? Yeah. I don't know, man. There's a, this is a terrible analogy. I'm going to warn you right now. This is a terrible analogy because <laughs> I don't remember the name of the thing that I'm talking about. Okay. So it's probably going to go right over uh, your head, my head, and anyone else who's listening's head. Uh, all of like the three people who are like, I want to listen to that guy. They, they all want to <laughs> listen to you. No one else. Yeah. Uh, but in, in judo, 
I think I may have used this before uh, because I think it's awesome. I kind of like think about this often. So in judo, the first throw that anyone in judo learns, judo, by the way, if you don't know, is a martial art uh, where the idea is to grab someone by whatever they're wearing and throw them onto their ass or maybe not what they're wearing. Just if they're, you know, it's just throwing someone on the ground who doesn't want to be thrown on the ground. The first move you learn is this hip throw. And I forget what it's called. There's some judoka out there who's going to be like, oh, it's this. Right. Um, and it's like the simplest to learn, but the hardest to master. And I think that's kind of how pils- pilsners are. Um, and, and a lot of things are like that. Like, you're going to step into something and you're going to be like, oh, this is really simple to learn. Beer. This is a really delicious light beer. I can make that. Simple. But it's also so hard to find mastery in something. And that's where that 10,000 hours comes in. Like, there are judokas, like black belt, like fucking 10th dawn black belts. They got 10 stripes. And they've been doing it for 50 fucking years. Some 80-year-old guy, he's like, man, I really been trying my whole life to master this. And I still haven't mastered it. Mm. Like, that's the person who you, first of all, don't want to fight. Because he's going to kick your ass. Because yeah. he's been spending his years in this craft. That's kind of like, like, I think the issue with craft beer uh, I mean, not the issue with craft beer, but like everyone thinks they can do it. And part of that is making poor quality beer for a long time, or at least not to the level that you can make beer. And then eventually you, you get better and you kind of level up and level up. It's a, a constant process, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I guess they need to be brewing beer to do that. And then you gotta, um, you gotta learn. Cause sometimes, I mean, I've released okay beer. I've released shitty beer, not like be, be terrible beer where I'll never drink it in my life, yeah. but you gotta keep the lights on somehow. You had a you had two homebrewers on the uh, pretty recently. It was Justin and Dwight. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, Dwight is my fucking hero. That guy's awesome. Yeah, he just took first, second, and third at the last homebrew competition. Fucking first, second, and third. Yeah. How many beers did he make this last year? Do you remember beers he made? Oh shit! This last year alone. I know. I think he entered thirty-two in a competition. I think he said thirty. Yeah, yeah. thirty or thirty-two. Thirty-two. It was, that's a lot of fucking beers. Yeah. That guy is the epitome of like, and he's like, you, you said, do you ever want to get into uh, brewing professionally? And he's like, no, it's a hobby. That's the epi- Like, that's the guy whose beer I want to drink. Yeah. Cause he's like just making beer because he likes beer. He wants to see what he can do with it. Yeah. He's not like, dude, you guys got to try my beer. This is the best beer fucking ever. He's just like, no, like, fuck he's it. just making beer. And if like no one drank his beer, I'll bet you he would still be fucking drinking his beer. Yeah. They're making his beer. It, making it because my favorite yeah. comment was, what do you do with all that beer? And he goes, oh, I have people come over all the time. Killer keg parties. Yeah. That's keg, like, keg killer parties. I don't know. It's awesome. Killer keg. Yeah. He named it. Some, but he's like, yeah, I, people know to come to my house and hang out. Yeah. I got beer for you. Yeah. You know, if you want to bring some great, but and take some home. You also said, um, you also said, do the, your friends like your beer? And he's like, no, they fucking hate it. Like, yeah, I was like, I was like, fuck yeah. That's like, <laughs> like, it doesn't matter if they like it or not. Like, no, he's just, still I mean, do that it. does, but like he, he has found his art and he wants to perfect it. And if no one drinks that beer, it doesn't matter to him because he knows what he's passionate about. Yeah. That's fucking cool. And that that's the attitude that I wish more brewers in our industry had. Dude, I wish everyone had that attitude. Yeah. Oh, I wish yeah. I had it, that attitude. Yeah. In things, in life. Yeah. Just like, who cares what people think? I'm that just is, doing it because I want to master this. I want to be better at it. Dude, it's awesome. Like passion and perseverance. He just yeah. he doesn't care. Doesn't he's give he's a fuck. driving truck, yeah. comes home, he makes a beer and he goes out and lets it lager. Like, yeah. That's That's sick. Yeah. That guy's cool. That guy's my fucking hero. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And I know he's going to listen to this and he's, I'm, yeah. I hope so. He will. Dwight, if you're listening to this, you're my fucking hero. <laughs> 
You should meet him. He's a badass. He sounds like it, man. I was listening. To, I was like, I want to meet this guy. This guy's yeah. cool. Yeah, he, he makes he makes great beer. I yeah. want to go to one of his keg killer parties. Me too. I said that. I want to. I want to come up. But the same, it's in Ogden. It's like, god damn. <laughs> I gotta stay in Ogden. <laughs> yeah, right, dude. That's, <laughs> what a hard life. Yeah. It's only like a thirteen hour drive for me. I think I could do it. <laughs> It seems like it for me too. It's right now. When I move to Florida, it'll be like a 37 or eight oh, hour drive or something night. like that. Just fly on in, homie. Yeah. 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 Just fly. Just buzz over. Yeah, dude. Do you still, so here's a question for you. Yeah. Do you legit still listen to episodes here and there? Yeah. Every now and again. Damn. I don't have a ton of time to listen to. I'm a dad now, man. I don't have time for anything. <laughs> like, like, all I do is just hang out with my kid. I hang out with the two year old all the time. And you know what? It's my favorite thing in the world. That's like, awesome, man. If you've never hung out with a two-year-old, fucking try it. They're cool as hell. I was told the uh, terrible twos the last Dude, two-year-old that's a, day. That's a fucking lie. Last that's two-year-old a lie. I hang out, hung out with, I wanted to give back to the sh- the parents. Yeah. I th- Dude, I think a lot of that is like, I, I don't want to say like parenting, but like. Parenting. Let's be real. Man, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm a new dad, so I'm, I'm definitely not a fucking expert. I'm the guy who's coming in like just scratched the surface and I'm like, dude, I have no experience, but I know everything. Mm. You know, ask me again in 30 years. Yeah. Or when then you have I'll the be second like, or I third actually, one. Yeah. And the third one's like, damn. I'll, I'll be like, I actually didn't know anything. I'm probably just lucky because my kid's awesome. And I think I'll, I'll bet like at least 99.7% of that it is, is his mom. Mm. Maybe more. I think I'm being... I'm giving myself too much credit there too. Okay. Uh, but dude, he's awesome. He's so like, man, kids are, they're a sponge, dude. They mm. just absorb the world around them. And so anything, anything they see and hear, like they just pull that in. And so if you're kind of not cool, your kid is probably not going to be that cool. And like, if you, a lot of parents I've noticed like lie to their kids about stuff, like just little things, little things like, I don't know, like, this is, a, this is a really dumb one, but I heard someone say to their kid, like, oh, like, their two-year-olds want to listen to the same song on repeat for hours. And uh, they told them their, they told their kid their, the song fell out the window, and that's why they can't listen to it anymore, because they're tired of listening to the same song for three hours on repeat. I get that. But, like, that kid knows. It's a song. He knows it's a song. He knows it didn't fall out the window. You're not going to pull it over the kid. And, mm. But then he learns it's okay to, it's okay to lie to someone about mm. some nonsense and, like, Man, they're just a sponge. They, they take that because they have that innocence. And once you try to take yeah. away that innocence or try to deter that innocence, yeah, that's where we get in trouble, and that's where we are in a society, unfortunately. Yeah, my kid catches me in <laughs> dumb lies all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. He he calls me on it. Good. Yeah, he's a good kid. He's a good kid. I try to. We just try to be like honest with him. Yeah. We try to give him choices, and I mean, like you know, he kids don't want to take a nap. He's got to treat him like a human being, man. Yeah, but he knows when he's tired. So I'll be like, hey, dude, I noticed you. Uh, you have sleepy eyes. You want to go take a nap? He's like, no, dad. And then five minutes later, guess where he is? He's upstairs sleeping. Boom. He he chose to though. I didn't make him do it. Mm. He's like, no, I don't want to. Instead of forcing him to, like, like I, I know if I give him five minutes, he's gonna be like, yeah, you know, what? I am tired. And then he goes up and decides to take a nap. Good I just kind of put that suggestion out there. He made the decision. Mm. Well done, man. Yeah, it's, dude, it's just luck, man. I just have a good kid. That's be all. like Dwight and just make a bunch of them. I just, yeah, I'll just make thirty <laughs> this year in a year. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> my wife would hate that. Yeah. She'd be like, what the she fuck? Would. <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. No, Dwight's cool though, man. That uh yeah. that like dedication towards craft. Yeah. Is, uh, it just him wanting awesome. to to master his curiosity just spiked and he's like, I just want to figure this out. Yeah, man. He did. Yeah. He is. And he yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, I want to try his beers. They, I'll bet they're awesome. Yeah, I'll save one for you. Yeah, or maybe they're not, and he's just doing it and he's still just sucks at brewing, but I doubt it. I really <laughs> doubt it. I have I have no idea how good his beers I'll, are. I'll introduce you to him. Yeah. 
vice versa. Please. We can go to a, a keg killer party. I'm down, dude. Next time you're in town, I'll February. sign up. I'll be in town February. Right, February. Let's go. Yeah. Probably for like a weekend. Yeah. Maybe. It's got to be, dude. Yeah. It's got to be like a stay there at night. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be cool. It'll be cool. All right, man. Let's try another beer. It's up to you. What do you want to try? We got uh, like 17 at the table. Yeah, I know. And we're only trying three. Uh, what do we decide we we're going to try? The Saison and then the Funkadelic? Uh, yeah, you want to try the... Unless yes. you don't want to try I don't give a shit. Is it, what do you want to try, man? Uh, I, I feel like I picked the last one. Uh, I, if you can open that one, I'll be very impressed. Let's try that one. I'm curious. We'll talk about it. It's a Brett beer. So my worst fear and biggest... I mean, this, this is really fun. I, there's a wine key I can go get you. It's on the bar. I like I like the challenge. So this was a lesson I learned a long time ago. Well, not a long time. It's a year ago. Um, Fisher came out with their first Britannomyces beer. Uh, what Colby Fraser did is he took a Belgian beer and inside of his tank in the brewery, because I, I I was growing up uh, growing up in my my youth in my brewing days your youthful brewing my days. youthful brewing days yeah. uh i was scared of britannomyces pediococcus lactobacillus infections bacteria mm-hmm. they can make some great beer and they can make your awesome beers taste like absolute dog shit so they can do awesome and terrible things at the same time right and so at strap tank i was i was so scared like when julie was would brew because she does a lactobacillus strain and that's how she does her kettle sours and i i hate watching her brew with that because she's bringing a bug in and I watch Julia always clean her hoses and everything. She's like, as long as you clean your shit and keep it together, it doesn't matter. Right. So I remember this beer came out. I tried it off the bright tank or yeah, the dual bright tank fermenter. And I asked Colby, I'm like, Hey man, why the hell are you bringing in a Brett beer to your brewery? And he looked at me dead in the eye. He didn't bring for years and years and years. He looks at me and he goes, David, if you clean your shit and take care of your shit, you'll be fine. Everything can be killed. So let's just say hypothetically you get an infection in your brewery. You can fix it. It might be costly. You might fuck the beer in the, in the process, but you can fix it. And I looked at him and we tried it. He sprayed the shit out of it with isopropyl. He, he had it in its own, like he, he nailed it. Right. And I, you know, I, Colby was the first person that I saw in a brewery that I visited a lot that brought in one of my biggest fears and I was less fearful of said bacteria. When you age Britannomyces, it's like, it's like a, the analogy is you have a big elephant in this beer yeah, and you put on your uh, lobster bib and you have your knife and fork and you sit there and you just take one bite at a time as slow as possible for as long as possible. And so how long would it take you to eat an elephant if you did that? Really, I mean, are we talking African or Asian? European, or European. <laughs> but you know what I mean. <laughs> and uh, so, young Brett beers taste way different than older Brett beers. Yep. And I think this one's a year old. But anyway, this one's the the Fisher, and this is a a Brett beer I wanted you to have. Before we taste this one, your uh, your Pilsner was solid, man. Thank you. It was clean. Yeah, it was clean. I, the nose was so good, and it finished really well. There was no like significant off flavors that I could detect. Thanks, Solid. man. Well done. Thank you. I did it, dude. I made a beer. <laughs> Good job. But I mean, as a beer maker, though, I look at that beer. I'm like, I know what I can do to make that beer better. Like, I yeah. know what I want to do next. Right. Cool. I like that. 
See, man. Funky funk. A little funk, yeah. And the thing is that they, they, I was, I was there when they bottled this beer. And you have to bottle it completely different. You can't put this in a canning machine or canning line. If you do, it's dedicated to us hours now. Really? The bacteria, yeah. You can't fry a canning line or, or as far as I know, because you will destroy all the parts in it. It's not meant to go mm, yeah. that high temperatures. Yeah. Like uh, sterilization temperatures. Yeah. Makes sense. But anyway, so this is called, uh, let me see, Belgian style ale, 7.7, mysterious something. And it's got this creepy, uh, what, do you, what do you call that? Dude, he's like a medieval monk or something. Yeah, over at Fisher, Al Fisher Brewing. Yeah. <laughs> he's, it looks like he's mixing a potion. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's witches and warlocks, right? Yeah, witches yeah, brew. yeah, yeah, yeah. Holly's witches been going brew. into, because uh, Holly's this awesome uh, you know, personal trader in her business, and she's been going into herbology. And she's Ooh. telling me about this lady who's teaching her more about the herbology world. Is and that, goes, she's a witch. Is that a Hogwarts remote class or? I guess, dude. Gotcha. And yeah, she's a witch. Yeah. And she, at first, Holly took offense to it. I'm like, no, like, that's cool. <laughs> I think it's rad. Yeah. Make me a potion. Because <laughs> when's the last time you took, like, <clears throat> over-the-counter medicine? I have a feeling you don't take a, ch- a shit ton. Not a lot. Yeah. I, uh, let's see. I had some Vicks Vapo rub this morning. I oh, kept feeling a little stuffy. I don't count that. But what you could do instead, put, like, basil and mint up your nose. Yeah. Yeah. Garlic. Um, yeah. Have you seen a, there's a thing where like if you put a, a clove of garlic up your nose, like it's supposed to like clear your sinuses. Well, uh, I fucking bet, dude. Yeah, I know it fucking <laughs> does. My wife told me about it. I was like, fuck it, I'll try it. <laughs> did you did? It was so painful. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Damn. It cleared him out though, man. I bet. Him out. But garlic is, garlic is huge, man. Garlic yeah. is so powerful. And I know cayenne, if you, if you ingest cayenne, it will actually help with ulcers. Any internal bleeding in your GI tract. Really? It will hurt like a motherfucker, yeah, but it will legit help cauterize and kind of heal. Wow. And there, I, I truly believe the earth has herbs and yeah. stuff for us and they'll take care of us. Yeah. Stop fucking it up. Yeah, for real, man. <laughs> but then, you know, you look at us and we're, we're eating hamburgers that are, you know, fast food and all this crap. We're yeah. Eating. Dude, we've, uh, especially since being in Washington, we've been making like a strong push towards. Like a lot of cooking of our own stuff and uh, just like kind of sourcing our own food. Good. It's been cool, man. There's uh, there's so much that just grows in Washington. Like we live uh, we live on an island in the Sound um, and blackberries out there grow like a like a weed. Huh. Are they like, good? Get, dull, dude. Oh, so good, man. I bet you're making jams out of them. I know you. I, of course mm-hmm. I'm making jams. I bought a whole canning thing so I can oh, make really? and can. And syrups. Uh, we've done syrup a little bit. We made, we made a pomegranate syrup the other day. Uh, I'm going to be out of town for Christmas. So we celebrated Christmas uh, a few weeks ago, like early November. Um, Wow. So you're that guy that puts his tree up in like, yeah, I was, yeah, no, we put it, we put it up before, uh, Halloween. Oh my, before Halloween, before Halloween, you were from Utah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, do we celebrate Christmas on like the first weekend of November? So like, I think November 5th. Yeah. And uh we our entire dinner that we had for Christmas was something that we had like everything we for the most part we gather ourselves. I think we had a few like vegetables that we couldn't we couldn't find ourselves. We had like wild onions and in part of like the roasted vegetables. Um we 
used pomegranates to make pomegranate syrup, but pomegranates don't grow in Washington. I don't mm. know if you knew that. They I grow, don't know that. I think they grow further south, like maybe like Mexico Uruguay. or Arizona. Yeah, maybe Uruguay. I don't know. I don't know about Uruguay. Uruguay maybe. is pretty high elevation. Costa I don't know Rica? Can, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe you could say they grow on the moon. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Probably not because there's not oxygen. Up penguins, there. penguins and pomegranates, both peas. And they're from the moon. I can believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And the earth is flat. That's really cool. He did that though. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, man. Made the syrup and we used like rose hips, made like a chutney out of these rose hips that we had picked ourselves. I like That's your the chutneys, fruit dude. of the, uh, I'm glad you're the still rose doing it. Fruit. Yeah, man. Good for and, you. And uh, we ate a goose that I had, I had harvested myself. And Did you really? Yeah, dude. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was cool. My was harvesting really cool. goes to a butcher. That's a yeah. cool thing. The one cool thing, not one cool thing, but being a brewer is <clears throat> my spent grain goes to farmers. And so I get a lot of uh, beef. I don't eat pork, but I get pork and yep. I'll give it to some friends and family. Are you kosher? No, I'm not kosher. I should be kosher. I would like more blessings in my life. You yeah. know, um, you can't have a Reuben sandwich if you're kosher. And that that's too much. I can't. I, damn. I yeah. never thought of it that way. That breaks my soul. Yeah. So, yeah the I like hot Rubens. meat and cheese. I think I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. I hope you. I hope you're wrong because anyway, I'm yeah. still gonna have a Reuben no matter what. <laughs> you, can't say no, you can't see a Reuben that and not want a Reuben. Marble Get out of here! Oh my goodness. <clears throat> Where was I'm, I going with that? Pastrami instead of corned beef though, all day. Pastrami instead of corned yeah. beef. I'm how about half and half? No, I mean, come on. If you wanted to, I guess, but yeah. like pastrami's so good. The, the only difference between pastrami and corned beef, I mean, very similar seasonings. Just you smoke pastrami and you boil corned beef. So do half and half. No, nah, I want it all smoked, man. All right, all smoked. Anywho. I'd use a smoked cheese, like a smoked provolone or Swiss, maybe. I don't shit, know. I don't have, my farmer, he takes a spent grain. He's uh -huh. a goat farmer. Cool. He, so he makes goat bar soaps with spent grain inside of it, so it's an exfoliating cool. property. And he uses uh, his own herbs to make essential oil. He puts that in the soap. Wow. That's so cool, dude. Yeah, this guy's neat. Yeah. I like that. His name is Robin. Robin. He's got like no front teeth. It's awesome. <laughs> He's the nicest guy of all time. And yeah. I get goat cheese, goat milk, uh, yeah. you know, pig. Cat. I love, that's the coolest thing is. Goats are cool, man. I think they creep me out, but they are cool. Oh, super cool. Their eyes? Their eyes, eyes are like weird. like the bar in it? Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. But I like the fact that I can recycle and people are willing to take my refuse. Yeah. Right? And yeah. it gets used. Because if that's just going to go down the drain. Yeah. That's, I mean, no waste, man. Yeah, and yeah, it helps cool. with our because Keto's has a really cool uh, recycling. Like we're trying to be really green. That's our whole point: is be green. That's really cool, man. That's really cool. Shout out to our sponsors, Kings Peak Coffee Roasters. At Kings Peak, they take coffee seriously. Their beans are sourced with utmost care from sustainable farms worldwide, ensuring that each sip is a celebration of exquisite flavors. From captivating blends to captivating single-origin roasts, their coffee selection promises to tantalize your taste buds and elevate your coffee game to new heights. King's Peak staff embodies the spirit of hospitality and passion for coffee. With smiles that brighten your day, they're always ready to guide you on an unforgettable coffee journey. From bean selection to brewing techniques, their knowledgeable baristas will happily share their expertise to help you find your perfect cup. King's Peak is committed to making a positive impact on the entire coffee supply chain. With every purchase, you're supporting farmers and artisans, enabling sustainable practices and empowering communities around the globe. Together, we're nurturing a brighter, more inclusive future for everyone involved. 
Whether you're a coffee aficionado or a curious newcomer, King's Peak is your welcoming sanctuary. Explore their wide array of coffees, accessories, and gifts, and let King's Peak help you find the perfect fit for your unique taste. They're not just a coffee shop, but a community that embraces the joy of coffee and human connection. Join us at King's Peak Coffee Roasters, where coffee dreams come true. Dude, this beer is killer. Interesting, huh? Yeah, there's almost like a spiciness to it. Hmm. Do you get that? Mm, I get a really like high phenolic taste to it. So I guess there is spice, perceived spice. A what? Phenolic taste. I get a lot of phen- phenols, mm. phenolic-y. Explain that to me. So phenol, so I, I, I'm going to say this word. It's not what I get off, but I almost get like a high rubber boot taste or like a Band-Aid taste. Phenolic. I don't get that. Hmm. I'm, I'm not getting, it's not, it, it comes to, through to me as almost like an allspice. Like that okay. kind of like, like almost citrusy refreshing. It's not citrusy, but it's, it's a little more warming. Hmm. But yeah, it's like, re, like, like allspice to me is like warming, but also refreshing. And hmm. that's kind of where this sits. Yeah. I get that, that. I just taste that funk with the, with an aged uh, Belgian beer. Yeah. And so the aged Belgian beer is almost, uh, I don't know. I don't, I liked it better when the Belgian beer was young. It had more really? of that Belgian character. This has more like a yeah. turning into a wine almost. I wish I had like two more bottles where I can hold on to like yeah. ten more years and see what it does, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So what you said, you're saying when it was more young, it was. I liked it. So it has so Brett's more different. More funky. Uh, it had more of that base beer flavor. So it had yeah. more of that Belgian character. So gotcha. you have that, you know, more of the spices. That clove mm-hmm. was there. Now yeah. that clove tastes like it's died off. And I get a lot of that phenolic taste afterwards. Is there clove in this? There, well, the clove, uh, the clove flavor, yeah. the ester of clove. Gotcha. Yeah, maybe good. that's what I'm tasting is clove, and I just labeled it as allspice. I mean, spice to me, spices get muddled. No yeah. pun intended, but like get muddled. I, I hate like this is a winter beer I made at Keto's. Yeah, everyone's pumpkin beer and everyone's winter beer. I mean, I say that with a grain of salt. Everyone makes cinnamon, allspice, clove, nutmeg. Yeah. All the spices. Yeah. And like pumpkin, you, you put a little more of one. And when it comes to winter beer, you put a little less of it. But it's the same goddamn beer, right? Yeah. Uh, pumpkin does not taste. Pumpkin's a squash. You don't taste. Yeah, you don't taste pumpkin. No. Anyway. You could, I mean, hypothetically, if you want to use pumpkin, you could like put it in the mash. I've had roasted you get the sugar. pumpkin seeds. Okay. Uh, like papitas? Cool. Papitas. Yeah. It's, and I like that flavor. Yeah. But then you get into the smoky, a roastiness. Anyway. Yeah. So it could be good. Our winter ale, I put rosemary, or sorry, excuse me, sage and juniper in there instead. Oh God, yeah, that's yeah, good. That's like, like a Utah winter. Yeah, dude. But I'm trying to go like again. It goes back to like yeah. what everyone's doing. I'm trying to do the kind yeah. of like nah. That's I would how I would trade been. blackberries for sage and juniper all day. Okay. Like like the I'm saying like the na- the native uh oh I the see native flora gotcha. of Washington mm-hmm. primarily blackberries. <clears throat> And and berries, a lot of berries. I've found a lot of wild are you, raspberries. Are you buried out? Is that what's going on? No, dude, I love the berries, but I just would and I like sage isn't really edible and junipers aren't it really great. edible. But smells great. I would trade. I would trade the yeah. the flora of sage and junipers. So the cool thing about Kitos is we are fit well, our owners are Finnish. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. So I want to do a sati beer where what happens is that false bottom are juniper leaves and branch or juniper branches with the, with the needles, and you have to filter it with through the juniper. Yeah, Mike D did that at uh, Strap mm-hmm. Tank like mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, so Julie and I did a one like that where we went- A forage ale. Forage ale. We, we made, Julie and I made one. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. Still there, by the way. And 
So I want to do something like that. Really That's do. awesome. Yeah. That but, makes me really happy. But now I have that French press. I want to like press the shit out of it. Yeah. Anyway, I have, I can go. I made a, I have a lot to tell you, dude. <laughs> I have a lot yeah. to tell you. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's cool. Those, uh, that like forage, you call it sati? Sati. S-A-H-T-I, I believe. Sati. Cool. Cool. It's an old school recipe. It's old. Yeah. yeah I mean, they're using the, the branches to filter out the, mm-hmm. the whatever grains and the wort. Yeah. That's cool. And then they, they catch that flavor, right? Yeah. <sighs> That's awesome. Dude, okay. So you said something earlier with using roasted pumpkin or roasted pepitas and it adding a roasty flavor. Yeah. That could be delicious, man. What are you? Could be delicious. Yeah. If you use that in the mash and you can get that roasty flavor through. Yeah. But what if you don't oh. want that roasty flavor in a winter well, beer? It's a winter beer. It's roasty stuff. That's I like, just, that's the thing in the winter, I, right? Roasted I, I meats I, I and roasted. Roasted beers. Okay. Okay. Fair. I just hate sure. roasted beer. You hate boiled meat. I, I'm okay I don't with hate boiled meat. I think corned you beef just is shit delicious. on the Reuben. I didn't, dude. No. Corned beef is still delicious. I would take, I would gladly take a Reuben with. But you would rather have. I would rather pastrami. have pastrami. And I would rather have anything else besides roasted character in my, and allspice in my winter in beers. Beer. Okay. <laughs> sure, man. Sure. Sure. I like it. Hey, I like allspice it. or roasted stuff? Both. I All love, right. I love those warming spices. Then, I, when fall comes around, I cook, I, I cook quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I look forward to it so I can just start making all of the delicious, like I make, yeah. you know, eggnog and I'll make like cookies and granola. Dude, we're Dude, so I fucking crunchy. Granola. We're so fucking, I have some, <sighs> you know, you'll hate it because it's full of warming spices. I'll take it. I will take it. All right, I'll bring some. I know your granola is good. Yeah. I'll bring I'll some. By. I'll always try things. Yeah. Like it's, all, even, it's, it's got all the warming spices. I love warming like, spices. I don't like double IPAs. I don't. I hate drinking them. I'm not a huge fan of them. The triple hopped IPAs, they yeah. can, they can die. They're a little much, I think. But I have to make them. Yeah. I do make them, and I know how to. I, I think I can make a good one, right? One that I would like. Okay, I'm okay with releasing that. I know what it tastes like, kind of thing. Yeah. Right. I don't care. If, I like imperial stouts, but I don't want to go sit there and drink a ten percent, nine percent, or eleven percent beer by myself. Yeah, that's rough, dude. It's, it's, yeah, I'd rather stab it. Yeah. Here, Stockland. I think it'd be great to cook with. Ooh, I've been cooking with a lot of red, red wine. Yeah. Red yeah. wine. Yeah, I, that's what I used in, uh, I made some scampi for my uh, for my grandparents for oh, lunch. Yeah? I used a, a bunch of white wine. Good for you. Yeah, yeah nice dry white. It was, that's uh, a way to go. Pinot, I think it was Pinot Grigio. My wife picked it out. She loves, she loves wines. Good. Yeah. Because she's got great taste. <laughs> yeah. Wine's that's good. That's probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just drink beers. That's fine. I love beers, though. I know. I, Holly, I live Holly. Holly is the wine drinker, and then I'm the beer drinker. Yeah. Oh, dude, I was going to ask you. Go your, uh, your intro now, the King's Peak Coffee, right? Yeah. Dude, it's I got my sponsors at the moment. Where do, uh, where do I get some King's Peak Coffee? Because not, not to push your sponsor, more because <laughs> I'm about to go to a place that doesn't have a whole lot of options for coffee, and so I want to bring a lot of coffee. I've been getting into making coffee. Ooh. Uh, Are you roasting yourself? No, 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 no. Just, just, I've been getting more into the, I enjoy the process in the morning of making coffee. I think it's, cool. uh, it's relaxing. And, uh, I have like a little morning routine and the, the, it has a lot of steps, probably more than it should for a simple morning routine. But the last part of that is to make coffee and then just kind of read a book for like 20 minutes. So you could be wrong, but they can ship it to you. I could be wrong. Cool. But if not, I will send some to you. Will they ship whole beans? Yes. Cool. Yes. Cool. I've been using a uh, an AeroPress. I, use it, I make, I spend the most time making coffee when I'm backpacking, or if I'm traveling for work. 
those are the two times where, like with a two-year-old, it's, it's fucking throw the drip in the pot and let's get some caffeine down before he wakes up. Mm. But when I'm traveling or backpacking, I've been doing a lot of backpacking lately. Good for you. Uh, yeah, it's so much fun, dude. Getting out and just appreciating like the beautiful beauty that like... Earth is? Yeah, that Earth is. that mm-hmm. Like we have been gifted by God. Like it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I've been trying to backpack more and just, you know, appreciate what we have around us. Um, it's been really cool. And I make a lot of coffee when I go out and do that. Yeah, I have a lot of a lot of cool people that are doing coffee. Also with King's Peak is they do barrel-aged coffee through Sugar House Distillery. Cool. And it's fucking cool. Dude, that's, that's really awesome. Cool. Yeah. I, uh, I've been trying to plan a trip to go to the, uh, the Uinta, how you went to Wilderness, you went to Wilderness, something like that, uh, next September. Oh, for what? Just F-U-N? Uh, well, we're thinking about King's Peak uh, and also elk hunting. So those two things are yeah. a great excuse. Going with to your get, family, uh, a couple, a couple of good friends. Cool. If you want to come, you're welcome. I have an extra backpack. Oh, might take you up on that. Yeah, we'll see where I'm at in a year. I, we, we, might be dead. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows, <laughs> dude? Know. September. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who knows? September. We always use. We could always use an extra pair of uh, strong, burly shoulders to help yeah, carry. Yeah, I got good shoulders. I have nice calves, and that's about it. And dude, good that's hair. all you need yeah. for oh, going uphill. You know, carrying weight. I got a cool new beanie. Yeah. 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 What's uh, that? What'd, what'd you, you call it? it? You called it, what is it, uh, flop stick? Flop, floppy dong. Floppy dong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Holly bought me a floppy dong beanie. Floppy that dong. It's a definition of floppy dong. Cool. So they, they only sell online. They don't have a storefront? No, they have a storefront. They it's have a storefront. In, it's, in, it's just north of Kidos. So cool. I believe it's 600 north, south, four, 700 north, 800 north. Anyway. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Garland's going to kick my ass, but um, <laughs> I'm so bad. When it comes to Salt Lake, yeah. people are like, oh, it's off of 17th and 6th. I'm like, oh, go fuck yourself. Dude, I have no I, idea. I know Utah County like the back of my hand. Because if I said the same thing at Utah County, it's like, yeah, it's on uh, Orem Boulevard and 3rd. And people be like, what the fuck? is the same thing, right? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I know Utah County, but Salt Lake, yeah. I still don't speak you know that what, language. You know what's crazy is like, you don't really have to know addresses anymore because we have Google. Bro. Right? Okay, how cool is it? iPhones. Let's talk about iPhones real quick, okay? <laughs> how cool is it that I can send you a pin and not type out my whole address? Yeah. Is that not cool? You can push like three buttons and it, someone knows where you are. Yeah. yeah at all times. Neat. I love when people know where I'm at at all times. <laughs> That's a handy thing. Yeah. <laughs> but iPhones. That's all I'm going to say. They're pretty cool. I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. You can just Google King's Peak. Uh, that's what I could do. Roaster. I'll probably just buy it online though. Let's get real. Yeah. If not, I'll just send it to you. Because I, I know Garland, he wants to know what, the cool thing, if I, t- Garland's going to hear this and he's going to know what, his question to me is what kind of coffee or what kind of styles does Wyatt like? And so what Garland and King's Peak's really good at is they don't just send you beans. They want to know what do you typically drink so we can kind of match it or give you something that's like it or even better or kind of push the boundaries of your palate. Okay. It's not just like click all send. It's really cool yeah. what they what they do. I like to I like to branch out and try new stuff. Yeah. So I tend to lean more towards a dark roast. Yeah. For whatever reason. I really like those. They have one called Black Fork. That's their uh I believe it's Black Fork. Black Ridge. Oh, dude, I'm getting all these things wrong. But it's my favorite one. It's their dark roast. It's their house cool. dark roast. Yeah. yeah. I, I lean towards a dark roast, especially with if I'm using the AeroPress, I do like an espresso type grind. Ooh. Uh yeah, dude, arrow presses are tight too. I need to get You one. can make like four different types of, of coffee. I need to get rid of that Holly and I, we do French pressing now. We don't do yeah. Keurigs yeah. anymore. I've been doing, dude, it depends. Even backpacking, <clears throat> I, I carry like four options for making coffee. So I'll wow. carry, yes. Yeah, well, I mean, it's so simple. So mm. you can make uh, cowboy coffee. Cowboy coffee is like where you boil the beans in the water. 
just normally, mm. with less water than you are intending to drink, coffee-wise. And then you'll take cold water, so I'll leave it like outside my tent overnight, and then it gets cold. Sure. Uh, or, you know, maybe I'll filter some water from like a, a spring or a stream or something, and uh, you pour that cold water over the top of the hot beans that's boiled for like five minutes or so. You let it sit for like five minutes, uh, and then you just pour some cold water on top, and it causes all the grounds to just drop to the bottom. And it... Uh, what? Yeah, it like clarifies it a little bit. It's still really dark. Sure. Um, That's really cool though. And then, yeah, you don't have any grounds and you can pour <laughs> it out. Um, and so I'll drink coffee that way. If you bring an egg, you can do Swedish coffee, which is the same thing but with an egg. It makes it a lot more clear. That's really uh, cool. I don't like to carry an egg. So, well, I can see that. But Kingspeak yeah. have, uh, they have like tea bag coffee bags. Oh, cool. So they're nitro, nitrogen um, bags where you, when you Whoa. open it, and they're meant for backpacking. Dude, I'm going to have five ways to make coffee now. Yeah. Because I usually carry I usually carry cold brew and then sometimes AeroPress. Depends. If we're going for a week, You bring the AeroPress? Yes. H- it's so small, it? dude. It's like no taller than this bottle and like that big around. And I'll bring mm. a grinder too. I'll bring whole beans and oh. grind my own little coffee. Good for you. If I'm doing like three nights, sure. If I'm doing, you know, seven nights, I'm not bringing the AeroPress. Weight matters. Yeah. But uh, yeah, dude, it's sick. Maybe we'll hike King's Peak and we'll bring some King's Peak and epic, make coffee. Epic post right there. That's just for the gram. Yeah. That was, that's meant to be. Kings Peak is tight, dude. So I hear. Yeah. It's, uh, in Washington, there's, there's this giant, giant mountain that you can see from like miles and miles around. It's called Mount Baker. And, uh, it's like one of the tallest mountains. It looks so huge in Washington. We're at sea level. Okay. And it's like 10,000 feet. And my wife was like, man, that mountain has got to be like the size of fucking Everest. I was like, let's look it up. And so I Googled it and it's like 10,000 whatever feet. And then I Googled um, list of tallest mountains in Utah. If Mount Baker were in Utah, like it was one of the tallest mountains in Washington. If it were in Utah, it'd be like the 23rd tallest peak. What? Yeah. Timpanogos is significantly taller than Dude, Baker. I almost died doing Timpanogos, but that view is breathtaking. Yeah. yeah. The mountains Literally. here are just, they're different, dude. Wow. Because we were at a, when we were in Hawaii, we saw uh, Mauna Kea and the other one. Fuck, I'm going to get in trouble for that one too. Sorry, Kai. But uh, they're the tallest from like sea, below the sea up. Yeah. But if you still look at them like, yeah, Utah's mountains are way bigger. They're bigger, dude. Way and bigger. the Cascade Range, they're like, they're small, man. There's no ridge that just runs for a long way. The mountains mm. here, like you get up high and you can run a ridge for miles. Yeah. You can't do that in the Cascades. I take it for granted. And dude, you know, we really do, man. I, I like to, when I go on the freeway, especially now it's the snow-capped mountains, I'll look out there and be like, damn, these are Absolutely beautiful. beautiful. They are beautiful. Dude, for real, man, like living out of state for a few years and then just coming back, you know, I only get five to 10 days a year in Utah, hopefully more next year, but you know, we'll see, um, man, like you just, I realized how much I took for granted growing up, how absolutely beautiful this state is and how great the beer is. We have great beer here, man. Yeah. we Utah's Utah's tight. It is cool. I diss on it. I think because of the culture and the laws, but yeah, everyone, there's always something there's always somewhere, downsides. dude. Yeah, Everyone's and the drivers. Be, yeah, I thought about this, dude. Today. No, shut up, man. The drivers in Utah are so much better. I mean, then where? I mean, anywhere that I've been. Oh my! Florida, God. they drive slow. Washington, they drive at fucking snail speed. It's like, dude, push that thing up into rabbit. Let's go. I gotta be somewhere. <laughs> California, man, man, you think they're gonna drive fast, but you don't drive fast because it's just traffic. You just fucking stop and go and stop and go. And then people cut you off and like, yeah, sure. People in Utah don't know how to use blinkers, but they drive fast and 
They do drive fast. They don't normally <laughs> but hit here's you. Here's the thing I and hate so, about. I noticed Drew, Utah drivers, but most drivers, maybe it's because we do have a lot of mountains. But for some reason, people forget that if you're going uphill to maintain speed, you have to continue to accelerate. Yeah. Like every single time I'm coming down a hill and going back up one, and there's like a traffic gap, like this huge like yeah. parking lot. Why? Oh, because someone doesn't know that either set your goddamn cruise control. Yeah. <laughs> or just accelerate. Let's go. Yeah. Whoa. Dude, the the people in Washington, they, so yeah, like whatever, you have to accelerate to go uphill. They don't accelerate to go anywhere. And <laughs> it's like, they're going downhill and they're 10 miles under the speed limit. And then they're like, cool, I think I should hit my brakes now. <sighs> Dude, downhill breakers all the time. Yeah, Worse than uphill breakers though? Ridiculous both. Because going the point of the mountain, up, I see uphill braking all the time. Yeah, Why? that's ridiculous. What's the point? That's ridiculous. Just let off the gas. Yeah, just fucking <laughs> drive. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Drive, you know what I've learned is drivers everywhere suck. That's true. Everywhere is going to have something bad about it. Every yeah. situation, every person, there's going to be some negatives. Yeah. You just got to take it and roll with it. Yeah. Like, you're not fucking perfect. Fucking deal with yeah. it. Yeah. Well, we all have issues. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, You have a list of questions. Go for it. Uh, I want to know what your goals are in the future. You just took over Keto's. <clears throat> Uh, what are your goals for Keto's Brewery? What are your goals for the podcast? Man, what are your goals for life? Hmm. You gonna grow a mustache? You could grow a great mustache. Did you not see my, my facial hair? Oh, oh, I got pictures for you. I oh. just shaved off my facial hair. God damn it. I had it for almost a year. So Holly and I went to Italy last year in September for our anniversary. I think I did see a picture of it. And everyone's did, like, oh. You had the goatee too. Right? I had the whole thing. Oh, uh, the beautiful. whole Spanish kind of looking thing. God and sick. my friends, I had like this intervention. <clears throat> it was like this point where it was Mikey and Aaron Holly and we were at their house and you know, we're having a good time. And all of a sudden they like, they circle me. Well, I'm like, Hey David, we got to talk to you about something. And I'm like, Oh shit. They're going to tell me to stop drinking beer. Like, um, have I gotten that bad? Like, Oh fuck. <laughs> it's like, like, here we go. And like, uh, yes. Okay. I'll start, you know, like you need to keep this. And I'm like, oh, you need to keep it. I did not see that one coming. <laughs> oh, yes. So I kept it and I kept it. And then when we were in Hawaii, it was after, so I took over Keto's. Yeah. I had to let go of, like the my strap tank era, I was holding on to a lot of resentment, a lot of uh, hurt, a lot of uh, you know, and then I was I had a lot of excitement going on, and I yeah. just I needed change. There's always a tough transition. Yeah, so I was transitioning, I was changing, and I looked, I was in Hawaii, look in the mirror, and I looked, I had a legit razor in my hand, and I'm like, I'm either gonna cut my hair or my facial hair. Oh no! And I just, I guess Holly like sensed it, and she goes, if you cut your hair, I'm gonna fuck, I'm so mad. So I'm like, fine. And I shaved off my whole facial hair and I came out and I felt, I felt so good, dude. I felt good. I looked like five years younger. I'm like, damn, yeah. I have a nice chin. Yeah. And so anyway, so I'll bring the facial hair back one day. Um, goal for Ketos is I would love to get recognized, my, my team to get recognized sometime next year, uh, okay. whether that's a competition or a best of show or whatever. Um, I want to, I want to, I need someone telling me unbiased opinion being like, hey, yeah, you're making good beer. It's okay. okay. I don't need to be world-class beer. I don't need to be – but I want, I want someone to be like, hey, yeah, I, you are making good beer. Good job. Keep it up. Cool. I just want that, right? Yeah. Uh, a podcast, uh, I'm not done interviewing people. I would like to go – I want to meet every brewer, every distiller. Uh, there's, I, want, I want to do a history dive. I mm-hmm. want uh, – there's people who have done like – History back in the like pilgrims, like back in the day, prohibition days. Now, I want to do recent history. Okay. So, I think I'm going to start the podcast will kind of lean towards uh, probably either writing a book or learning into. We do a lot of live episodes. 
Yeah. And so I might even be like an MC. Tastemasters might be an MC, but I also want to see Tastemasters in a can. I'm not going to stop until I see Tastemasters in a label or a can somewhere. I don't, care. I don't know what it's going to be. So, okay. Oh, never mind. I don't know what it's going to be answered my next question. Oh, I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know it's going to be in a spirit. It's going to be on a bottle. I don't know what it's going to be in. Are you talking like you want to sponsor something or you want to have Tastemasters as a brand collaborate something? Or are yes, you talking you want to make a Tastemasters brewery? I mean, no, Tastemasters brewery, I don't think I want to have happen because I think the brewery, I, I think people who are opening breweries right now, I think it's, it's just kind of, I don't know why. There's like enough breweries. I think there's enough. And unless it's going to be some co- super niche, something that's yeah. totally different. Like I, there's sours only. Yeah. Bring that. Or good sours only, right? Or yeah. wild fermentation only, right? That something like that. Way sick. Or just we're just doing cask beer all day long. Something cool. Yeah. yeah. But only only brewed in a monastery. There you go. Yeah. Or in, in an LDS church. Maybe only brewed in an LDS church. <laughs> Blessed by Jesus. And yeah. you know, uh I wanna see That'd be a Catholic thing, probably. Maybe. Well, no, they drink wine. They all drink wine. Everyone they all drink something. Yeah. But I don't know. I wanna see Tastemasters somewhere. Um okay. I, ever since I took over Ketos, um, I've had a lot less time, free time. I don't mm-hmm. do a lot of scrolling. I don't see, I don't keep up with the the industry when it comes to like what's online. Yeah. But I'm still talking to people, best. I'm meeting people, and I need to focus on me because I, I don't give time to myself and then time to my partner and my cats. I'll go insane. Yeah. Um, so it's really hard to try to do all the things and be all everywhere. Yeah. I, for a while, I was doing... You know, I was working head brewer and working crazy hours trying to learn a machine and then trying to fit in my old schedule of like always recording one or two episodes a week. And yeah. I can't do that anymore, man. Yeah. So Tastemasters are going to go back to after the 200th episodes. It's really uh, twice a month I'm shooting for, releasing uh-huh. episodes. It's a goal. Um, if I can't, I'm not going to hold anything. Like who who's holding my a gun to my head? Right. No one is. I'm doing right. this as no one's paying me to do this. It's a favor. It's a hobby. Um, kind of like Dwight, I just want to, I'm doing it for fun. I don't give yeah. a shit if you listen or not. And, but I want to meet when you see Tastemasters, I want like Tastemasters to be like a, uh, like we're supported. Like I support you. Like we're a family. We're collaborative. Like yeah. we are all together and Tastemasters should be like, yeah, we're Tastemasters. Like we are Tastemasters. We're the yeah. family. Every, cool. It's everyone, dude. Yeah. Again, it goes back to relationships. You know, when you see the Tastemasters uh, brand or the symbol, it's like, oh yeah, I can, su- I can trust that they're going to support me and it's not going to be ever rude. It's right. going to be clean. Um, I say, I swear a lot. That's okay. Um, then goals for me is I need more balance in my life. I'm working on trying to figure out how to balance everything, work, life, personal, uh, relationships. Uh, and I want to try to heal some old wounds. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to go back and do some shadow work. To be honest with you, I want to, uh, there's some things that I, you know, growing up, uh, my upbringing as a kid with my parents, split family home, I guess some things I need to work on that I don't know that I'm some, somehow holding subconsciously and I want to get rid of or yeah. work through, I guess. Yeah. So I got a lot of healing in my past life, I guess, you know, early life. And yeah. I'm scared, but I know it's going to help me be a better parent if Paul and I were to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I want to. I just want to keep getting better, man. Yeah. I just want to keep, keep learning in everything. Yeah. I'm not done learning. And I noticed as soon as I get comfortable, it's like, um, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Don't get comfortable. Yeah. Comfort's dangerous, man. Comfort is dangerous. And, you know, I was joking with a friend today about how if I get comfortable, then what's going to have to happen is uh, I'm going to have to call this person and be like, hey, I think I'm comfortable. 
Oh shit. Go do something. Go try something. So yeah, man. What are some goals for you, man? Because I know your job's got you uh, traveling a lot, but what's some personal goals for you? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, man. Well, okay. Before before I get into my goals, um, I want I want to delve into yours a little bit more. So you talked about um, you want Tastemasters. It sounded like you wanted Tastemasters to almost be like a community kind of thing. Yeah. Like you want more, almost more listener involvement. Yeah. Like what would that, what would that look like, man? So like, like if you thought about like a, a forum or some sort of, I mean, I don't know, like how would you, how would you involve, you know, the folks who listen and, and support the Tastemasters? How would you involve them in a more, a more regular thing? So, like maybe like a Tastemasters booth at a fair? So that's the thing is like, I, like for example, I always think of, um, Fest, beer fest, beer fest. So uh, beer festivals, like the tastemasters are putting it on, or the tastemasters are the ones you go to that connects everyone. Because I, my favorite thing since I've done this whole tastemaster thing mm-hmm. is right now today, I have people texting me or calling me, be like, "Hey, do you have so and so's number?" Or "Hey, can you connect me with so and so?" Yeah. And it's my favorite thing to do. Be like, absolutely. Right. Like, here's this person. Like, I know this person needs malt. I know where you can find this yeast. I know where you can find this what hop, whatever. Yeah. Um, cause I'm connected, but I want, I wish I had a team of tastemasters where if we need, if the, if the community needs something in the beer or in the fermentation world, that tastemaster would be their first go-to to find that out for them. Interesting. So let, like, I mean, you wouldn't want to like sell the stuff. You would just want to be the guy who helps connect people. Yeah, so like a, I'm not looking like a networking kind of thing in a way. Cause okay. I, I, I need to somehow monetize it where it's self-sustaining because the podcast right now is I, this is not free I, you, yeah. you know that I, yeah. I pay for all this i do this i at money out of my pocket and because of my sponsors it just evens out yeah and i don't make any money from that i have yet to make money from this podcast yeah. four years into it um so the tastemasters as a community thing i don't need money back but i would like it to be self-sustaining kind of like the utah brewers guild the utah yeah. brewers guild does something where you know, they'll go fight, they'll do lobbyist stuff and they'll go fight for, you know, laws and this, that, and the other. And they're really trying hard to be more connected to the community. I'm like, I already did that. Like, I'm doing that. But Have I you thought about it. reaching out to them being like, hey, I could help provide well, connection well, and like kind of partnering with them? Yeah, so they partner with me now. So we're, they're my, one of my sponsors and Utah Brewers Guild is a big connect for, for me because I've done kind of their work for them in a way. Yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, because I'm the one that's free, like, for the past four years, we've been doing this by myself. And then yeah. they kind of got disbanded in a way because of COVID. And then they just this year, like, or last year, started going hard to the paint again. And they're smart. People that are in office right now are very smart. And be like, hey, instead of paying people to do this, let's go find the people who've already done the work for us. And yeah. let's just go blow them up even more. Right. And I like that. So why can't I keep doing it? But I don't want to do just beer. That's the thing I have different with Utah Brewers Guild. There's a lot of people that are other like right. influencers or whatever, and their their title is, you know, something beer or something or beer 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 beer. I'm like, that's why you and I when we said Tastemasters, we were gonna do the Beverage Bros. Remember that? Yeah, that was one of them. But Tastemasters, that's an umbrella for fermentation, and yeah. I've made it very clear. Well, and not even fermentation, you're branching outside with like coffee and stuff like coffee, that. Coffee, yeah, we did barrels. You barrels, bring in the Malsters, taproot soda. Fucking. Taproot soda. It's a community thing, but if yeah. you deal with fermentation, I've kind of niched to that. Mm-hmm. Anything that helps our fermentation community, shit. If you make sourdough, I'll fuck. I, I did a mead guy once. Like, let's just let's yeah. do. You know what I mean? I, yeah. So I, I want to be that person that like that Utah Brewers Guild that spotlights and does things. Like, I would love to have a a Utah fermentation party where, like, in sometime in beginning or end of July, yeah. we have 
uh, my idea is one, one, there's all my, all the distillers on one section, then you have all the brewers and then you have all the kombucha makers and then the people that are in like the coffee and whatever, because we should all network and all get together. Yeah. I wonder what it would be like, how hard it would be to set up some sort of event where like, Hey, like come, uh, like come to this event. Uh, I mean, maybe get some brewery to, or a couple different places to like sponsor and almost have like a, almost like a beer fest, but focus more on the, on the, I don't want to say networking side, but like relationship building side. Yeah. That's huge in this industry. I mean, like we said earlier in all industries, but for some reason this Utah, being a Utah brewer, um, we have such a cool community because we're all yeah. like here to help each other out. I remember it's a small community too. I mean, yeah, and calling everyone. I I, mean, I have issues at work all the time. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm green at being a head brewer. I've never been a head brewer before. There's no never been, a, you know, some there's some old ways of thinking where you had to be like 20 years of experience before you can call yourself a head brewer. Yeah, go fuck yourself. I can open a brewery tomorrow. Yeah, but you can do it right now. Yeah, you I mean, business license is like tomorrow, ten dollars in Utah, and then you can call yourself brewmaster. That's ridiculous. I think yeah. it's dumb. I think it's the dumbest thing, but I don't care. You can call me whatever you want. I yeah. I wash kegs. I clean floors. Like I'm a glorified janitor that makes sugar water. That's all I do, yeah. dude. Um, but in doing so, I've made up a lot of phone calls. Like, hey, I, this is an issue. How the fuck do I fix this? Oh, this is what you do. Or, hey, do you have this mall? Yeah, come on over. Cool. My favorite one is <laughs> a brewer who I shall remain nameless. I was the first day I was at Keto's and I was trying to just follow the recipe because like I was, again, I was just, thrown to the wolves and i call this person i'm like hey do you have this malt and their response was it's the first day and you're already fucking up <laughs> and i just started laughing i'm like well there's more to it but yeah but no i'm, no, I'm yeah i'm actually resolving the issue right now <laughs> i'm trying to if you can and help, help. this mall yeah and they help just fine but yeah i want i want to be that utah brewers guild kind of thing but for everyone yeah because but i need a team i can't do this by myself man yeah man for real and, you know, I wish, I wish in a different life, uh, my previous job would have invested in me and it would have been a different story, but I also wouldn't have had those opportunities I have now to be honing in my skills. And I'm really grateful for where I'm at now. It's tough as fuck, but I'm still loving it, man. It's It's been a fun journey. Yeah. I mean, you could say everything happens for a reason, but like, or I mean, whether you believe that or not, it doesn't matter. Everything happens. And like, all we can do is react to it. Yeah. Reaction and perspective. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're you're heading in a good direction. Yeah, I think so. I look forward to seeing the the Tastemasters community. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Be I really think the cool. first step would be, I don't know how you would do this. I got some ideas. I'll talk to you off the air. Well, I mean, you could do like a Facebook page. It's like a forum kind of thing. Yeah, but at the same time, like that means I have to have, I have to focus on building that or have to get someone to build that for me. Right. right? It's right, like, right, God, right, I don't right. have time, man. Yeah. And that's the thing that's so precious to me right now. Delegate to one of your cats. Man, they're so lazy. Damn it, Tesla. <laughs> and this one. Yeah. Yeah. No, but we'll get goals for you. Let's go back there. Uh, Man, like most of my goals are, are uh, I would say like personal, like professionally. I think my goals are like, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Like, like that, that plan is laid out for me. Right. Right. Uh, But like personally, man, like big thing I've been focused on lately. And, and I think I'll just continue to focus on is like growing my family, making sure. You know, my family's in a, a good spot, like, you know, physically and financially and, and, uh, yeah, man, just taking care of my family and being a dad. Uh, I've been getting a lot, like I said, into like backpacking and, uh, just trying to find an excuse to, to get out and enjoy nature. Um, and so 
my excuse lately has been like uh, hunting and fishing. So I, I did that a lot growing up, and and I've been getting like more more into it lately. Especially like you know we've we've been cooking a lot, um, and every every it's like a constant of evolvement. That's the wrong use of that word. We've been constantly evolving, and uh, just kind evolving of po- or involving evolving evolving. Did I say involving? I think said both. Uh yeah. I, I mean, I could be like really dumb. Uh, that That's could be fine. an issue there. But uh, yeah, no, evolving. Okay. Um, and uh, just trying to go, I guess, like more natural. Like we want to know what's going into our food, and that means most of the food that we've been making or we eat, we have been making. Uh, and we're kind of taking that to the next step, and that's like procuring. Uh, and so that means like you know, for our meats, we've been hunting and fishing. My kids too. We took him fishing the other day. He got more fish than me or my wife. And he caught the biggest fish. He's a he's a badass. Oh wow. Verified. Yeah. Wow. Um, but I mean, living in Washington, you have we have a ton of great opportunities. So like salmon runs out there. We caught a ton of salmon this oh, year. Oh wow. That was really cool. Man. Um delicious, I bet. Oh my God, dude. People people you know what? People in Washington are a little pretentious about their salmon. The salmon run this year was a, a pink salmon run. There are a bunch of different species of okay. salmon, like five or six. Um, and that run through Washington, I think there's five. There's, if I go too far into a rabbit hole, please pull me out. Uh, there's king salmon, silver salmon, pink salmon, uh, sockeye salmon, also known as red salmon. And then there's uh, dog salmon. Dog salmon. Dog I've never heard salmon. of dog salmon. Yeah, well. D-O-G, like woof woof. Yeah. Yeah, most salmon bark, that you bark. see in the stores is uh, Atlantic salmon, okay. uh, farm-raised, or sometimes wild-caught Atlantic salmon. We've been getting wild sockeye from Harmons lately. Uh, yeah, sockeye, and the flesh is like super dark red. Yeah, really, like, very, really cool. You yeah. can catch those in Utah. Oh, shit. Uh, most of the sockeye that I've seen are all in lakes, and so oh. I think they stick to smaller bodies of water. I could be wrong. I don't know the, mm. the biology of sockeye salmon, uh, but yeah, you can catch those in lakes. You can catch those in, uh, I think... Lake Mead? I'm probably wrong there. Probably wrong on that one. Yeah. There's just dead bodies in Lake Mead. Yeah, well, I mean, fish gotta eat, man. Oh, you're right. Maybe they are. Uh, I know there's a one up in Cache Valley. There's like a reservoir. And there's a few reservoirs that have been branching out. Um, the trout, rainbow trout in Strawberry Reservoir are like borderline steelhead. And mm. steelhead are normally classified by their, it's a rainbow trout that runs into the ocean. And so they get huge and they're delicious. Uh, but the rainbow trout in strawberry reservoir genetically are very similar to steelhead trout, but like steelhead aficionados are like, those aren't steelhead cause they don't run in salt water. But mm, are you getting those in Washington? Uh, the I, they're hard to catch, man. The mm. steelhead trout are hard to catch. I've tried to, but they are, they are wily. Difficult. Yeah. They're cool though. When you, if you do catch them, they jump a lot. Salmon yeah. jump a lot. They're really fun to fight. Uh, but we've been catching pink salmon Ooh. and people in Washington, shit on pink salmon they're like pink salmon fucking suck why they're i guess their flesh isn't as good uh you know silver they're like oh the only good salmon are silvers and kings and uh i caught a king this year and i had a bunch of friends over the one guy who really shits on pinks he didn't come over uh unfortunately i wish he would have because i cooked pink salmon right next to the silver salmon and no one knew the difference no one could tell like 15 people we all tried bull salmons and uh you didn't say which one was which? No, no. Nice. Until afterwards, I was like, hey, this one's pink. This one's, a, this one's the silver. What was the um, reaction on it that? Was, uh, it was my buddy. My actual, it was actually one of my friends who did most of the cooking. Uh, it was at his house. Um, and uh, I mean, all of us had been eating pink salmon. 
And we were like, we were all testing it. We were curious because so this one guy particularly, but a lot of people from Washington were like, pink salmon fucking suck. Like they don't, like when you freeze mm. them, they're going to come back mushy and the flesh isn't as good. And no one could tell the difference between wow. the high value silver salmon. So suck at that one guy. Yeah, that guy fucking sucks. Wow. That guy's lame. Wow. But uh, no, we've been, we've been fishing a lot and, and just to like trying to enjoy the, you know, everything that, that good, nature man. has to offer, man. Fishing and, and I think we should and, go back to that because we've, we've gotten to the whole, we are a environment or a culture of consuming. Yeah, man. Yeah. Consume, consume, consume as fast as possible, as much as possible. Yeah. And we abuse that. We have yeah. abused that. We are abusing that. Yeah. You, I think you've got to come to terms with like the food that you're eating. Like, uh, you know, I grew up, I grew up like on, on farms and hunting and stuff. Uh, but I had spent some years away from that. And so I had forgotten the work that it takes to actually put food on your table. Like, Man, try to try to go a week where you only eat the food that you wait until the spring or the summer or the fall is really the best time. Wait and during the fall, which is like the time of plenty in nature, and try to go a week where you only eat food that you procure. Right, dude. Good fucking luck. Well, that's what Holland said. She said um, when you start treating food as medicine for you, like it's it's for you versus like just as a commodity, as a you know spoiled. Yeah, I think we need to appreciate like what we have, and the, the easiest way to do that is to go try to go try to chase down a deer. Yeah, and like then you'll really appreciate and you know when you have a burger, kill it with your uh, bow and arrow. Yeah, you, dude, bow hunting is even next level. Oh, but, dude, I can only imagine. Yeah, it, there's pros and cons. Like it's usually during better times, it's easier to find animals, but then you have to sneak into bow range, and that's fucking tough. Sheesh. Yeah, I've been super unsuccessful at hunting. When the world ends again, next yeah. COVID. Um, We'll see what happens. Don't come to me. You'll starve. All right. I'm so bad at it. I mean, find someone else who's like good at hunting. I can make beer. That's all I got. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, trade. at least you'll die happy. I'll trade. Yeah. I'll feed uh, you beer. But no, dude, I think anyone who eats who eats meat, who eats fish, uh, should like at least once go out and like man, experience what it means to like eat meat. Like it, it means something. Like you're eating the flesh of a of a living being, and mm-hmm. so like you should know what it's like to have to go through the process to track and find it and then to like decide to take his life like i have looked down the scope of my rifle this year four times and been like you know what i'm not going to shoot that animal because i don't think that that animal needs to die and that meant that i came home without meat without a fur you know whatever that's a dying art man but dude that's a it's a tough decision to make to like to take the life of an animal like my life means more than your life that's tough man and so i think anyone who eats meat should try to go experience that once or I at agree. the very least, go hunt and just experience how hard it is so that you can appreciate your food. But like, man, we just... Getting Gen Z to do that is yeah. probably the most difficult task you could ever yeah. have. You can't go hunt on TikTok. I can Google it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can watch a video on it. Uh, but no, that most of my goals revolve around like, man, like hunting and, and providing food for my family and just getting better at that, being a good That's dad, good, being a good husband. Um, I'm, I'm really blessed that like, you know, my job allows me to to spend the time to just focus. Like, like I don't have to worry about where my career is going because that's laid out for the next five years or whatever. Um, I can just focus on like, you know, what what do I need to do to balance life, which is always a challenge. Balance whatever balance, you have with balance, whatever else. Yin and, yin. and it's hard because it's always changing. Too. Always changing, man. Always changing. And you can't be comfortable. Yeah. No, and you can't. And that's, that's what sucks is comfort is easy, but it also... It's, it's not, deadly, man. It's deadly, man. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you move towards that discomfort so you can grow. But then discomfort is not comfortable. 
Yeah. And it sucks. It hurts. It's painful. It is painful. And uh, yeah, just trying to deal with that will make you a better, better man, better person, whatever. Better, yeah, better human, for sure. Um, with that, with that, along that, that, that line of thought, and to go along with Kitos and your Finnish owners, when you get a chance, ask them about Sisu. Have you ever heard of Sisu? No. Dude, Sisu is fucking sick. It is, it's cool, man. I think we need some Sisu in our lives. The so, hell is Sisu? Sisu, spelled... S-I-S-U with two dots over it. Go ahead and look it up. There's uh, The first thing that will come up, I think, is a movie. Uh, I haven't seen it. It looks neat. Uh, I think it's about like a minor. I don't know. Okay. That's a sidebar. Don't worry about it. Scroll past that. <laughs> Go to Sisu. Sisu is, I'm going to butcher it, uh, by the way, uh, but it's the Finnish spirit of, of resilience, more or less. Uh, it's, it's basically where... It's like a an uncommon resolve that the people of Finland believe they are naturally born with. Just this this resolve to like look at adversity in the face and decide that they're going to conquer that adversity as opposed to being conquered by that adversity themselves. It's really fascinating. Huh. They I all, like that train of thought. It's super cool. It's super cool. But they say it's so much better, and there's no English translation to it. Uh, but I like that. It's really cool, man. It's it, unique. Uh, yeah, it is. Look look into it. I will. Uh, and it's just this, this idea that like life is going to throw a lot of curveballs at you and you got to figure out how to deal with it. Like y- life fucking sucks sometimes. Like it's almost, you, some people could argue that, uh, it's characterized by suffering. Right. And, uh, Sisu is like the decision that your life won't be characterized by suffering, that you're going to make the best out of whatever you're given. You're going to play the hand that you're dealt. Yeah. Damn, dude. It's pretty neat. That was powerful. Thanks for that. Ketos. 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 Give thanks. Yeah. 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 It's really Ketos. Cool. And they yeah. also, another neat thing about the, uh, the Finnish culture in general is that uh, the idea that Sisu is, it, it's naturally born into Finnish. Like, because they're Finnish, they have this, but also that it can be developed. So oh, if cool, you're cool. not born Finnish, it doesn't mean that you won't ever have Sisu. It just means... You got to work at Sisu. And part of the definition of Sisu is that even if you are born with Sisu as a Finn, you got to work on it. It's something that mm. needs to be constantly developed. Uh, just this, this inner fortitude. I like that a lot, man. It's really neat. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, man. I needed to hear that, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And thanks for helping me start this forever ago. Yeah. Thanks for like agreeing to like, yeah, man, let's do it. <laughs> Thanks for carrying it, dude. It's fucking sick. It's yeah. grown and developed, and, and you've obviously fun, put a lot of work into it. It's been fun, dude. It really has. And I think uh, it. I'm just glad of all the relationships I've built with it and all the new friends. I have a boatload of friends, man. I have so many cool friends that make good. I mean, you look at this table. There's All these people that made the beers here are my friends. Yeah. And that's so cool. Man, you've uh, you put a lot of work into it and developed a community. You You have... Entered in this community and become a, a, a value add to it, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, thanks, man. I've tried. I, I, I didn't try, but I just happened Yeah, in a way. I just wanted to learn all the things. I was That was the Dwight back in the day. I just wanted to learn all the things. Yeah. Just wanted to meet everyone and hear their story. Yeah. And I'm not done, man. Good. Just don't have enough time. That's the, the hard part. There's never enough time. time. Yeah. There's a... I heard this in a podcast. I don't know if it's true. I didn't vet it at all. Uh, someone was saying in this podcast that uh, if you don't sleep enough, you don't get a full night's rest. Obviously, we know sleep is like the most important. But if you work out, then it can raise your baseline back to 
near, not quite to where it was had you gotten a full night's sleep, but near to where it would be had you gotten a full night's sleep. I probably did a poor job explaining that. Mm. But just go ahead and sleep less, work out a little more, and you'll be fine. It's good to know. That's terrible advice. That's, uh, I like it because um, I, need, I need both. <laughs> yeah, same, dude. <laughs> but, dude, before we leave today, because I know you're short on time today, I want to take you – I could take you all night, dude. I think we're like an hour and a half into it. Yeah. Is, yeah. What, what, can I, what can I do for you, man? Do as your friend, as a brother, and as taste masters. Yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, dude. Keep working hard. Work on your family. Work on your work on your career. Work on yourself, man. Just keep hammering, dude. Live that live that sisu. Ask your please. Sisu. Legit. Ask your ask your owners about sisu. Maybe they'll laugh. Maybe they'll just be like, ah, that's something Americans made up about things. But maybe it's real. I don't Maybe. know. I will definitely know it goes. But uh, I want to I want to know, man, because yeah. uh, like, S I S U with two dots. S I S U. I have it spelled out right here. Okay. S I S U. Swing. S I S U. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me know, man, because uh, it seems like such a cool concept, and I want to learn more. Yeah. Keep doing, keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep hammering. Keep, keep grinding. Live, live with some sisu. And uh, yeah, man, you're you're a good guy. You're a good friend to have, man. I think everyone in the in the beer community who has gotten to know you has probably benefited just from knowing you. Whether That's you right. help them find malt or hops or whatever. Dude, just from knowing you, man, you're you're a good person and you're a good guy to be around. So you're a great guy with a great set of skills, and I think you're gonna do great things for this company. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Appreciate that. And, I mean it, it's genuine. And I know that. And it's always dude, I always love running into you when you come in town. So thanks for always thinking of me when you're in town. I know your time is precious and short, and when you're here, it's I'm just great that I get to see you for a few seconds. And this time I'm not working. It's great to like yeah. actually have a beer with you and just yeah. hang out and catch up. Um, but whatever, if you need something, you let me know, man. I'm yeah. just one text away. Appreciate and you, dude. I'll Same you goes back. If you're ever up in Washington, man. Absolutely. Man, or wherever you go next. I'll take you to all the mediocre breweries. I would love to go there and make fun <laughs> of them. <laughs> but that dude, you, I don't, you have a drink, do you, on, in your hand? Uh, yeah, cheers, you. I'm going to pour the rest of your pills in here because it's so That's freaking fine. good. But, oh, man, until the next beverage. Until the next beverage, bro. Salute. another episode of the taste masters find us on instagram at the underscore taste masters twitter at the taste masters or on facebook as the taste masters like share subscribe dm us for any questions or leave a review tell your friends and thanks for listening produce and recorded at fuse audio give them a follow at fuse underscore audio